heavens and all your handiwork. I say, how excellent is your name in all the earth. I see what you
Let's get out of our seat now, turn around, shake hands one with another, welcome our visitors, let them know how thrilled we are to have them. hands as soon as you can get your church hymnal turn on to page number 340 340 Songbook, page 340, The Solid Rock. All the first now. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I cannot trust the sweetest frame.
Let's let our ushers come forward to receive our offering. And let me say it's a joy to have those that are visiting with us today. And if you are visiting with us, we'd appreciate so much if you take a moment to fill out a visitor's card. They're located in the back of the pews. We're getting our bulletins redone while the storm's going on. Amen. But uh, we normally have the little visitor registration in the, in the bulletin, but we're having those redone. So, But there's cards in the back of the pews. If you'll take one, fill it out, drop it in the offering plate. We'd like to send you some information this week about the church, but we're certainly thrilled about you being here. Good to have some of Brian's family with us. And, of course, the newest member of the family couldn't be here this morning, and that's Joshua. And uh, so we're glad uh, Lisa finally got Joshua here. And Brian, he's Daddy Dean now. Amen? <laughs> Praise the Lord for that. And Grandpa Dean and all that. It's great. I tell you, we're trying to get ours here. Huh? Angel, I don't know what. I asked her if she'd been tithing. I don't know what the problem is. What if, but uh, maybe, maybe, maybe here in the next few hours or something other we'll get little Tanner here. But uh, you give today and be faithful in your giving. Let me read you something. Someone handed it to me this morning I thought was real good. <clears throat> Margaret Grisso in the uh, Watts class wrote this. It's entitled Temple Baptist, and I like this. It said, folk come in every shape and size to come to this church and class is wise. There's so much love, the walls keep warm. Folks should be coming by the swarm. We have a good go-getter teacher. She's a teacher and a reacher. Folk here are understanding and kind. Better folk would be hard to find. Today, love and concern is like finding gold. Gold nuggets here are big and bold. The kind pastor has a good sense of humor. This is truth, not a rumor. A better church can't be found, not even if you look the world around. May God bless more and more. May we better serve the one we adore. I thought that was good, didn't you? Praise the Lord for that. Margaret Grisso. Let's give, and you be faithful in your giving. Let's pray. Father, we do thank you for your blessings and what a joy it is to know you. And Father, our hearts are thrilled today to know that our faith rests in Jesus Christ and Him alone. He is the solid rock upon which we stand. Our eternity, everything about our faith rests upon who He is and what He's done for us. And so we're thankful today for that wonderful truth. Bless the offering now. Continue to open our hearts up to what you have in this service. In Jesus' name, amen.
the dark of the midnight have all hid my face while the storms howl above me and there's no hiding place with the crash of the thunder precious lord hear my cry keep me safe till the storm passes I've been battered 
hands he wants to lift you up and hold you and mend each torn event he'll pick up the pieces that you thought had all been spent god's gonna find a way oh yes he will for i know that if he can paint a sunset put the stars in place i know if he can raise up mountains and calm the storm-tossed waves and if he can conquer death forever to open heaven's gates then i know for you i know for you he'll find a way for i know that if he can paint a sunset put the stars in place i know if he can raise up mountains and calm the storm-tossed waves and if he can conquer death forever to open heaven's gates then i know for you god is more than able to see you through he'll find a way he'll find a way and if he conquer death forever to open heaven's gates then i know for you god is more than able to see you through he'll find a way he'll find a Let's open our Bible to the book of 1 Peter chapter 5. I praise the Lord for the music this morning and all of it just preparing our hearts for what the Lord wants to say to us from His Word this morning. In September, during our Bible conference, Brother Tom, every night, uh, he preached from 1 Peter and his emphasis was upon Jesus cares. And he took the book of 1 Peter and each night he looked at a chapter and emphasized his care in various ways. And of course the theme verse was 1 Peter 5, 7. I want us to look at that one verse this morning. I want you to stand please as we honor the reading of his word. And let's look at 1 Peter 5, 7. And I want us to think this morning on how to care for your cares. Or how to handle the cares of life. 1 Peter chapter 5 and I want you to look at verse 7. I want to read it, and then I want you to read that verse with us. What a tremendous statement from God's Word. 1 Peter 5, 7. The Scripture said, Casting all your care upon Him, for He careth for you. Isn't that great? Isn't that a wonderful promise? Let's read it together. 1 Peter 5, 7. Let's all read it together. Casting all your care upon him for he careth for you thank you may be seated let's pray and then this morning we'll think about how to care for your cares our father this morning in jesus name our hearts have been blessed you have ministered to our hearts already you have reminded us through song today that you do care you remind us, Lord, that no matter where we are at in life or what we are going through in life, that you can make a way for us, that you can open the door. I am mindful this morning that you are the keeper of the keys and that you can open every door in life and make a way for every believer, regardless of what they're going through. And the reason you will do so is because your word tells us that you care. We're mindful of your word where it said that your kindness will never depart from us and that you would never leave us, you would never forsake us. So we come this morning to rejoice and to think for a few moments upon how much you care. So bless your word today. Help us to understand your word. May we leave today 
being drawn closer to you. For it is in Jesus' name we pray and ask these things. Amen. I recently read about two fellas by the name of Jim and Joe. Jim and Joe were out cutting wood, and Jim accidentally cut off an arm. Well, Joe took a plastic bag, he put the arm in a plastic bag, carried it and Jim to the doctor. And the doctor said to him, you're in luck. I'm an expert at reattaching limbs. No problem. Arms are easy. He said, you come back in about six hours or five hours, and I'll have your friend fixed up and as good as new. So Joe comes back in about five hours, and the doctor said, I got done a lot quicker than I expected. said, uh, Jim's already left. He's down at the pub. So Joe went down to the pub, and there was Jim throwing darts with the arm that he had cut off. Well, a few weeks later, they were cutting wood again, and this time Jim had another accident, and he cut off his leg. Well, Joe took the leg and put it in a plastic bag, carried it and Jim to the doctor. The doctor said, no problem. said, legs are a little tougher than arms, but no problem. said, it'll take me a little longer, so you come back in eight hours, I'll have him fixed up. So Joe left, came back in eight hours, and the doctor said, Jim's already left. He's down the soccer field. So Joe goes down the soccer field, and there's Jim kicking field goals. Well, a couple of weeks later, they were out cutting wood, and again, Jim had an accident. This time, it was worse than before. This time, he cut his head off. Well, Joe got his head, put it in a plastic bag, carried it and Jim to the doctor. And the doctor looked at him and said, no problem. He said, heads are a lot tougher. I mean, his heads are a lot tougher than a leg or an arm, but I believe I can take care of him. He said, it'll take longer. You come back in 12 hours. So Joe left, and he come back in 12 hours, and the doctor said to him, I'm sorry, but Jim died. And Joe looked at him and said, I understand heads are a lot tougher. He said, no, no, the surgery went fine. He said, Jim suffocated in that plastic bag. Well, I'm going to say this morning. There are times that we do find ourselves somewhat overwhelmed with the problems and cares of life. In fact, at times we feel like we're being suffocated by the stress and the distress that our experiences bring. Well, in our familiar text of 1 Peter 5, verse 7, Peter tells us how to care for the cares of life. Peter is telling us in 1 Peter 5, 7 how to handle those distressing times that we experience in life. He's telling us what to do with our problems. He's telling us how to face them, how to handle them, what to do when we are burdened down with the cares of this world. I want you to look at this familiar text and this wonderful promise from God's Word, and I want to point out three things today that I see in the text. The first thing that I draw to your attention is a daily acquaintance of life. When I read 1 Peter 5, 7, I see that there is a statement there that reminds us of that which we are daily acquainted with in life. I want you to notice for just a moment the word care. It talks about casting all your care upon Him. The word care there is an interesting word. It's a word that literally means to bring distraction. And the ideal behind the word is of being torn apart or being pulled apart in different directions. It is the state of being stressed and torn apart by things we're experiencing. When Peter talks about our care in 1 Peter 5, 7, he is talking about those stresses, that stress and that distress of life, that anxiety that fills our life by the things that we are facing day by day by day. Things that pull at us things that make us feel at times that we're just being pulled in different directions and being torn in five or six different directions. The same ideal is found in Matthew 13, 22, when Jesus talked about the care of this world. There Jesus had in mind that there are certain cares, certain things in this world that fill our life with anxiety. Again, the ideal is of being pulled or torn in different directions. Jesus had the same thing in mind in Matthew 6 and verse 25 when he said, Therefore, I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what you shall eat, what you shall drink, nor yet for your body, what you shall put on. The word thought that Jesus used there is a word very similar to our word care, and it speaks of anxiety. 
Jesus was saying, literally saying there, don't be worried about the things in life. And he begins to mention the things that fill our life with care and concern. He talked about food. He talked about finances. He talked about health. These are things that we, every day of our life, they're part of our daily existence. The things that often cause us great care and concern. These are things that are a part of life, and they're a part of life on a daily basis. I think of several cares, but I'll just point out three of them this morning that we are acquainted with day by day. And sometimes these cares have a way of just pulling at us and tearing us apart. I think about the financial cares of life. For many in this room, no doubt, there is more month than there is money. And there is the daily care of making ends meet. I'm sure there's some in this room today that would feel like the fellow that went to the psychiatrist that was so depressed. He was so depressed and he went to the psychiatrist. And he told the doctor, he said, Doc, he said, I'm in a terrible shape. He said, I have a brand new Mercedes. I have a $300,000 home. I just got back from a two-week vacation in the Bahamas and I am so depressed. And the doctor looked at him and said, now let me, let me see if I can understand this. You have a brand new Mercedes, you have a $300,000 home, you just got back from a two-week vacation in the Bahamas, and you're depressed? Yes, doc, I'm badly depressed. What do you have to be depressed over? And he said, I only make $100 a week. Well, that may be the way you feel about it. For some people, they never have to worry about paying the bills. And some people never have to worry about making ends meet. They've been blessed in life and fortunate in life, have a good job and have money enough to spare. And you never have to worry about these kind of things. But if the truth of the matter was known, the majority of people in this room today live from paycheck to paycheck. And every day you live, there is the concern whether or not you'll have enough for the house payment or to buy groceries or to pay the light bill as well as everything else that is involved. There are the financial cares of life. I think not only the financial cares of life, I think about the parental cares of life. As everyone in this room knows that is a parent, you know that being a parent is not an easy task. And the older your children get, the greater the task. And the greater the task, the greater the care and the greater the concern. If you have a teenager, then you know there are times that you feel like pulling your hair out. Can I get an amen right there? You worry about them. That's only natural as a parent. You live every day concerned about your children, what they are doing. You worry about them doing well in school. You worry about them getting into trouble. You worry about what they're doing when they go out with their friends. You worry about what they're doing when they start dating. You worry about so many things as a parent. The truth is that being a parent is a daily task with daily cares. There are times in our life that our children make us so proud that we want to say, that's my boy or that's my daughter. But there are times they embarrass us so that we want to say, I wonder who his or her parents are. You know what I'm talking about. And there are times that they make us so sad that we feel like we're dying. But there are times they make us so mad we feel like killing them. Can I get an amen there? But being a parent is not easy. We worry about these things. These are part of the parental cares of a day-by-day day day living. And especially if you have a child that is away from God. A child that you brought up right and you reared them in a godly home and you taught them the Word of God and you taught them right and wrong. And now they've abandoned all that and they're living in sin and they're living away from God. It only doubles the agony that you feel in your heart. And it only increases the concern and the worry that you have. There are the financial cares of life. There are the parental cares of life. And there are the physical cares of life. There are some that battle with pain every day of their life. For some, their get-up-and-goes done got up and went, and every day is a physical struggle, and every day is a physical battle. There are some that live in constant pain, and for some, there is the distress of disease and the treatments that must follow that disease. For others, there is the care of physical handicaps. For some, it may be the care of a family member or a loved one. It may not be that you are sick, but it may be that a family member is sick. Their physical cares, and these are a part of many people's daily life. Things that pull at us and things that pull us apart. Jesus again talked about those, and Peter talked about our care, our financial cares, our parental cares, and our physical cares. And I can mention others, but I simply point out these to illustrate that our daily life is acquainted with many cares and many concerns. 
And at times we find ourselves being pulled in different directions by these cares, filling our life with anxiety. It is care, a daily acquaintance of life. But I point out a second thing in our text today. Not only do you see a daily acquaintance of life, but you see a divine assurance for life. For you notice in 1 Peter 5, 7 that Peter not only talks about our care, but he also talks about our Lord's care. For you notice in 1 Peter 5, 7, he talks about how that we are, our care, casting all of your care upon him, but notice these words, for he careth for you. That is a great statement. I love what Peter is saying here. You see the word careth? He careth for you. The word care in relation to our part talks about being torn apart and pulled in different directions by the things that we're acquainted with in life. But when Peter said our Lord cared, he used a totally different word. He used a word that means to be of interest or to be concerned. The great Greek scholar Kenneth Weiss translated, it is a care to him. In other words, what he's saying is that it matters to our Lord. Whatever your cares are in life, it may be financial cares. If it be financial cares, then I want you to understand something today. It matters to him. It may be parental cares. I want you to understand they matter to him. It may be physical cares. It may be emotional cares. It could be many, many different things. But what he's saying is that our cares matter to our Lord. We live in a world in which it seems that people care only for themselves. And our society is getting more and more and more selfish. And all they seem to think about is what I am going through and what I'm experiencing and what I want in life. But Peter tells us that our Lord, that it matters to Him. Whatever we are going through in life, He careth for you. Now look at the care that he speaks about. But one thing, he describes it as a personal care. Look at it. He careth for you. You ought to put a parenthesis around the word you and above it write your name down. He says that he careth for you. His care is personal. He cares for me. I can read 1 Peter 5, 7, and I can read that as if the Lord wrote that verse just for me and for nobody else. He careth for Ken Trivet. And you can do the same thing. It is a personal care. He careth for you. I'm sure the majority in this room today have heard the name Johnny Erickson Tata. And she is a paraplegic who was, uh, was injured in a swimming accident, whatever. And you hear on the Moody Station of the morning hours and whatever. But I think about something that she wrote one time in one of her books. She was looking out the window one morning and she wrote, I glanced at the bird feeder and smiled. I could understand Jesus noticing if an eagle or a falcon or a hawk fell to the ground. Those are important birds. He created the kind worth attending. Those are important birds. He created the kind worth attending to. But a scrappy sparrow? They're a dime a dozen. Jesus said so himself. Yet from thousands of bird species, the Lord chose the most insignificant, least noticed, scruffiest bird of all, a pint-sized thing that even dedicated bird watchers ignore. And Erickson wrote, that thought alone calmed my fears. And I felt significant and noticed because if God takes note of each humble sparrow, who they are, where they are, and what they are doing, I know he keeps tabs on me. I want to say to you this morning, 1 Peter 5, 7, here's a promise for you. Here's a promise for each of you as individuals, and it's a promise you can be assured of, is that the Lord is aware of your daily cares. Or to put it in the words of Johnny there, he keeps tabs on you. And he knows what you're going through. And he knows the cares of your life. And furthermore, it matters to him what you're going through. He cares. It is a personal care. But something else about it, it is a persistent care. For you see the word care there, the tense of the word indicates it is a personal care. But it is a persistent care. He cared for you yesterday. He cares for you today. He'll care for you tomorrow. The truth is, Jesus Christ will always care. Now, no matter what your cares are in life, whatever it is that you worry about day by day, making ends meet, worrying about that loved one, worrying about your own needs, whatever that may be, worrying about a child, those cares matter to our Lord. And He cared about them yesterday. He cares about them today. He'll care about them tomorrow. 
I love the story behind this great song, Does Jesus Care? And I've shared the story before, and I'll not go into all the details, but it was written by a Methodist preacher by the name of Frank Graff. And he was often referred to as a spiritual optimist. And he was nicknamed the Sunshine Minister because of his outwardly cheery disposition and his winsome personality. And although he authored more than 200 hymns, I don't guess there's any one of them that has meant as much to the church of Jesus Christ as the hymn, Does Jesus Care? It was a song that was born out of a time of despondency, a time of doubt and physical agony and Graf's life. And during this time, he turned to the Scriptures to find solace and comfort and fed his barren soul upon he that is the living bread and he quenched his thirst on him who is the water of life. And as he turned to the Scriptures trying to find help to get himself out of the deep pit that he was in, his heart was drawn time and time again to 1 Peter 5, verse 7, our text, and in particular the words, He careth for you. The verse meant much to him and God used it in his heart, but it was that phrase that God kept reminding him, I care for you, I care for you, and I care for you. And slowly Frank Graff emerged from the darkness that had so enveloped his soul, and he was soon recounting his experience in a question and an answer hymn. He wrote the hymn and stanzas he would ask a question, and then when you get to the chorus, he would answer that question. For example, he asked this question, Does Jesus care? When my heart is pained too deeply for mirth or song, and as the burdens press and the cares distress and the way grows weary and long. And then he answers his question by saying, Oh, yes, he cares. I know he cares. His heart is touched with my grief. And when the days are weary and the long nights dreary, I know my Savior cares. Now, listen to me this morning. Listen to me carefully. Jesus cares. He cares for you. And he will always care for you, no matter who you are, where you are, Jesus cares. It is a divine assurance for your life. You can always be assured of that, that he cares for you. There's a third and a final thing, and that is you find a delightful availability in life. You have a daily acquaintance of life, our cares. You have a divine assurance in life, he careth for you. But there is a divine, delightful availability in life for he tells us what to do. Peter not only talks about our anxious care and our Lord's affectionate care and that he, our cares matter to him, but he also tells us what to do with our cares. He tells us, if I can put it this way, how to care for our cares. You look at those words, casting all your care upon him for he careth for you what does he tell us to do two things i point out write these down two things he tells us to do with the cares of life one he tells us to lay our cares on jesus see what he says there in verse 7 casting put a circle around the word casting or write it down the word casting that is used here is only found twice in the new testament it is found here in 1 Peter 5, 7, and it is found in Luke 19, 35, where Jesus talked about them casting the garments on the back of the little colt. And you remember the story how they were going in and they got a little colt, got a little donkey, and the Bible said in Luke 19, 35, they cast their garments upon the colt. The word garment, the word cast there, I should say, literally means to throw upon to cast something over on something or someone else. Just like the disciples took those garments, they had them in their hand. If you could imagine this way, they were the one bearing the garments, but then they threw those garments or cast those garments over on the back of the colt, and there from that point on, the colt became the one that bore the garments. And when Peter tells us to cast all of our care upon him, he is saying, I want you to cast. I want you to throw your cares on the shoulders of our Lord and let him bear your load. Now listen, what, let me ask you, what is your care today? What is it that is filling your life with anxiety? What is it today that is causing stress and distress in your life? What is your burden? Is it a financial care? 
If it be that I suggest to you today, why don't you put that care upon Him? Is it a parental care? Are you wearing yourself sick over that child? Are you grieving yourself to death over that child? Has it become just about more than you're able to cope with and handle with? Then take that burden and throw it over upon Jesus Christ. Is it a physical care? Are you saying, Brother Ken, I'm having so difficult, I'm having such difficulty handling this in my life? Maybe a disease has suddenly changed your whole way of living. Maybe an accident totally altered your lifestyle and you're having a difficulty dealing with it. What does Peter tell us to do? To take that burden and throw it upon Jesus Christ. You may not be able to bear it and I may not be able to bear it, but I promise you one thing. He's able to bear our load. Look in Psalm 55. Would you hold your place? 1 Peter 5, look in Psalm 55 and look at verse 22. Here's a verse you ought to drive down a stake in. Camp on this text for a little while and just meditate on it and chew over it and let it become a very part of your being. Psalm 55, 22, the scripture said, Cast thy burden upon the Lord and he shall sustain thee. Look at that again. Psalm 55, 22, would you read it with me? Cast thy burden upon the Lord and he shall sustain thee. He's telling us the same thing Peter did. Instead of me and you trying to bear that burden, then put that burden over on him, for he that is able to bear that burden. I once come across a list on how to deal with stress, and I've seen everybody, everybody's got their own ideal on how to handle stress, how to deal with problems, whatever. But this was a very unusual list of ways to handle stress, for example. This, this particular author, whoever it was, recommended that if you are having a stressful day or going through a time of stress, they recommended jam 39 marshmallows up your nose and try to sneeze them out. Use your MasterCard to pay off your visa. Pop some popcorn without putting the lid on. Find out what a frog in a blender really looks like. Forget the diet center and send yourself a candy gram. Make a list of things to do that you've already done. I like this one. If you're having a stressful day, put your toddler's clothes on backwards and send him off to preschool as if nothing was wrong. <laughs> How to handle stress? Well, I want to say to you today, jamming marshmallows up your nose or putting frogs in the blender is not really the way to handle stress. Put them on Jesus. Take your cares, whatever they are, and put them on Him. Let him bear your load. Jerry Vines, in one of his sermons, said that people normally do one of three things when troubles come into their life. He said some people break down. They get into emotional turmoil. Some people break out. They burst out into a fit of temper. But he said there's some people that break through. And you don't know how to break through in those turmoil, those times of turmoil and stress. The way to break through is by putting your burden on somebody that is able to carry that burden. Lay your cares upon Jesus. Why? Because he cares for you. But not only lay your cares on Jesus, but second of all, leave your cares with Jesus. You see, when Peter talked about casting your care upon the Lord, throwing them upon him. He also had in mind, but the tense of the words that he used there, that once you put them there, leave them there. You, are to come, you, you have cares in your life. You are assured that the Lord cares for you. Therefore, you are told to throw your cares upon him. And Peter was saying, put your cares upon him. Lay them on the Lord and leave them with the Lord. To put them on his shoulders and to place them in his hands. And once you put them there, don't go running back and taking them off and carrying them again yourself. But put them on the Lord and leave them there and let the Lord carry your load. Now again, I don't know all of your burdens. I don't know all of your cares. I know that this church in recent weeks has been hit as hard as any I've known, on, known of to lose loved ones and death. We have lost a number of our dear, precious members of the past month and a half. And many of you 
are living under the cloud of losing a loved one. And many of you have loved ones that are sick. And some of you are going through difficult times in your life and tests and uncertainty about this and uncertainty about that. And you have all kinds of stress and all kinds of cares that range from money to parents to your physical. I don't know all of your needs, but I do know this. That my Lord said to me and he said to you to cast all of our care upon him for he careth for you. It's to lay our cares on the Lord and to leave our cares with the Lord. Would you stand? I think of that old hymn. We'll have it on the screen for you here. Rick, all stanzas are on the screen. And I want you to... That old song, it says, to leave it there. The songwriter, I think he understood what Peter was talking about. To cast all of our care up on him. And we do so because we know he careth for us. And Peter's telling us to lay my burden on the Lord and to leave my burden with the Lord. Now across this building today, Sunday morning crowd, I know there are a number of you that are hurting. I know there are a number of you that have been hurt. Friends have broke your heart. Friends have disappointed you. Lifelong friends. Many things. Many of you are hurting. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you, to, I'm going to tell you to do something. I'm going to tell you to do what God tells you to do. Look at it. Listen to it. Listen to what he said. Casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. When we begin to sing this old hymn in just a moment, I want you to do what the hymn writer says. I want you to do what Peter said, to lay your burden on the Lord and leave your burden with the Lord. Why don't you get up out of your seat today and bring your care to Jesus? No matter who you are, it doesn't matter from what walk of life you come, poor or rich, middle class, lower class, it doesn't matter. Every one of us are acquainted with care. And every one of us have the same Lord that cares about us. And every one of us have the same route to take to find help for our cares. And that's to put them on the Lord. And we begin to sing in just a moment this old hymn. I want you to get up out of your seat and come and walk down here and lay your burden on the Lord. Leave your burden with the Lord. Maybe you have laid your burden on the Lord in the past, but somewhere you went back and took it off. Now you are carrying the load. Why don't you come and place it on his shoulders, place it on him like he wants you to, and leave it with him? Would you do it? Will you do it this morning? Our Father, in Jesus' name. Lord, I'm glad you care. Lord, I'm glad that you care for us. What a blessing to know, Lord, that you care for us personally. What a blessing, Lord, to know that you care for us persistently. Lord, I'm thankful today that what I'm going through, what anybody else is going through in life, that it matters to you. That it really matters to you. There may be those in the building today that feel like what they're going through, that nobody cares and doesn't matter to anybody. But Lord, you tell us in your word that it matters to you. And so, Lord, I pray today that you will... Today, somebody will find help from your word and they'll realize today how much you care and how much things matter to you. And may they come today and take their burden and cast it upon you and place it there and put it in on your shoulders and put it in your hands and leave it there. Father, I pray today you'd help somebody that is battling with the care of life, the care of this world. I pray today to minister to folk May they come and leave it with you. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, we pray. Amen.